0: The Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 69. It has often been said that here in Scotland we underestimate just what a wonderful place this is to live and work in, particularly compared to many people looking on at us from overseas. Take the fintech entrepreneur Gopal Hariharan. He is so impressed by the Scottish research and enterprise ecosystem that he has moved his black arrow at business from Sydney in Australia to Glasgow. Furthermore, he and his wife have moved to Glasgow as well, attracted by the culture, the scenery of the Highlands, and, get this, the cloudy, cool weather. Their only complaint so far has been the unusual warmth of the Scottish summer to date. A self-confessed maths geek as a child, Gopal was born to be a problem solver and has built a very successful career on an ability to see the full spectrum of colours across fintech architecture. He's a charming and thoughtful listen, and I thoroughly enjoyed the interview, which was recorded on the 20th of July, 2021. If you enjoy this episode, why not subscribe to the series? Simply search for Scottish Business Network on Apple Music, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. Good morning, Gopal. Welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you speaking to us from today? Hi, Fraser. Thank you. Uh, very good morning to you too. I'm very much in our offices in Glasgow today. Okay. Is, it, is the sun shining there? It's supposed to be a, another heatwave day today?
1: Unfortunately, yes. Um, I didn't sign up for this coming out of Sydney, <laughs> so I, m- I must complain about it a little bit. <laughs> I think you're, you're quite fond of the cooler weather, aren't you? We'll come to that later on.
0: Now, in, in the week that the UK drops many of the lockdown measures that we've been living under for the past 16 months, how has the pandemic crisis been for you, Gopal, both personally and
1: in terms of business? The shortest way to say it, has been challenging, right? Uh, logistics is one side. Trying to get a business going at, at a time at a time when everything is like locked down or shut down, when you can't interact with people on a regular basis, is definitely a pain in the ass, uh, for the sake of like a better, better term. Um, but uh, what we've done is we've just chosen to anchor down and just uh, focus completely uh, and go health leather. Uh, which what w- what it's done to us is uh, it's made us concentrate more on optimizing the time in terms of adapting our proposition to the U.K. market, and we've found a lot of people who have been able to collaborate with us the way we want to collaborate with the rest of the market as well in the meantime uh, come the pandemic. So there's, there's, there's definitely some certain blessing in disguise kind of scenarios where people are a bit more available than they used to be pre-pandemic, so to speak.
0: Now, I'd like to sort of go right back to the beginning, because you you grew up in Australia, so what was family life like for you, Gopal, and what what did you dream of doing for a career
1: during your your school days? Um, Maybe uh, uh, classified as one of those nerdy characters then, right, because it never felt (laughs) like I had a childhood quite as much, Right. (laughs) Um, uh, pretty much uh, lost in mathematics, lost in the world of uh, Understanding numbers uh, was extremely motivated always by making sure people around me um, uh, have their problems being solved for. So problem solving was a key thing uh, and making people's life around me a little better. So for lack of a better term, I don't think I quite, quite uh, I think I matured really early in life, if, if right. I say it that way. But uh, growing up was very supportive in terms of friends and family and, um, and what Australia had to offer. Uh, plus, uh, traveling alongside when you growing up has always been a great uh, diversification of cultural things as well. So it sounds like the transition to a career in technology was
0: was a very natural one in that case. And I wonder if you could talk us through some of the early jobs that you had at places such as Nine Network Australia and the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, and some of the lessons that you learned along the way in the, the early days of your career.
1: Well, one thing, one there's been one trade that's very common, which is. Uh, I still feel like I'm learning every day still. Um, uh, It's it's never a done day as such. uh, But one thing people have always said to me is uh, they take certain comfort in my ability to being able to uh, think 10 steps forwards um, and actually putting it back in an understandable manner through metaphors uh, back back into their their lives. So it kind of correlates... Not purely from mathematicians' world kind of thing. It's more about how do you then turn that into a real world speak. Um, so they kind of always relied upon my ad- advantage to do that. Plus, I've learned a lot in terms of how do you interact with people, because it's always a two-way story, right? So one is what you bring to the table. The other one is how you how you how other people come to the table to want to understand what you bring to, bring to them as well.
0: Absolutely, and. You know, it- 2007, you established a consultancy called Enterprise Horizon. So how
1: did this come about? Did you always have an entrepreneurial streak? For some reason, I've always seen myself as a lone wolf. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way at all, uh, because uh, I felt the challenges that came through to my mind seemed to be different. I always wanted to carve a different way forward. And the best way to do that is probably to create a structure where you allow yourself to do it. Rather than be ref, be constrained by uh, day-to-day structures, because once you trial your own and you are successful in that, then you can roll that forward and say, "Guess what? I'm taking all the risk." Uh, you can engage with me as a risk taker, uh, because risk taker is another another significant part part of my life. And it has been, uh, and I think I've always been that way in terms of be it all parts of childhood I could remember. I, I used to probably even make. Uh, Make greeting cards and draw them up and sell them for a little bit of money, be it twenty uh, yeah. p or whatever savvy and stuff like that. So I think I think all this had a streak for that.
0: It was all, always there from the, the beginning. Then, so I mean, you undertook various roles uh, on a, as a consultant, and by 2013, you were principal architect for advice, investments, and private wealth at BT Financial Group in Sydney. I'm quite intrigued as somebody who's never worked in in any similar field to to get a feel for... I mean, what does a, a role such as that involve, Gopal? Um,
1: it's all about diversification and being able to see the entire uh, gamut of colours. Um, I know that sounds a bit too uh, hardy farty but uh, to boil it down, uh, very several business units actually um, don't quite understand how money interrelates. There's something called a money trail, and the more and more I've matured in, in my life, in, in banking specifically, that I've understood something, what a money trail brings to a bank. Because there's different parts of a bank. And uh, when it comes to advice and investments in private wealth, it's all about towards the tail end of your your career, or your tail end of your life, mostly what people do in terms of retirement, or um, paying down debt, or being able to look after your uh, lifetime goals, or... Uh, put your kid through the best school possible and things like that. So it becomes more involved in terms of the planning process. And because naturally I've been a planner in that regard and working closely with financial planners, uh, I could bring insights into their lives that they didn't quite think about that way because most of the ventures I've had or most of the consulting roles I've had are very transformative. So working at the highest of levels, be it bored or uh, bringing forward funding or finding that niche loophole where you can we can actually help a customer uh, get get new initiatives going in a regulated environment because people normally talk about uh, regulatory needs not being the same sentence as uh, making a customer's life better uh, so since 2013 and um, in that role specifically that's what I was able to do which is how do you find opportunity in a calamity almost which is uh, <laughs> take the best of legislation and make customers life better
0: that's, that's, really, that's very interesting insight. And, and the ne- the next big stage, we came in 2017. So, this is when you founded Black Arrow, which is ultimately what has brought you to Scotland. And you, you're developing an app. So, the, the app is currently working its way through regulatory clearance, which helps consumers manage their personal finances. So, how did the, the idea for the app and the business come about can you tell us more about how the app works, and, and also how you see the business developing?
1: Uh, Fraser, the way you framed your question was really smart, right? So, firstly, I need to give <laughs> you uh, give you take my hat off to you in terms of thinking about the sequence that way, uh, because uh, everything I've talked to you about in terms of what happened in 2013, to really a question, and uh, the next one is very related because uh, when I said to you, how do you help a customer at the same time as making sure a Uh, organization remains relevant and and compliant. Mm. just means that uh, people normally don't think about front and center of a customer's journey instead. So the customer journey part started to haunt me a bit more in a good way since since, since my role in 2013, you talked about the early question. Mm. Um, And that slowly morphed into uh, what a customer does throughout their life cycle, be it the first-time home buyer or be it a student who is trying to pay, pay down some of their debts or somebody getting their first credit card. Normally, there are no tools available out there for people to, people to plan their budget properly. Um, so that's where the thinking started in 2014, but it came together in 2016, 2017, where uh, there was several things of what I was doing could have easily culminated into either a bank doing it or sometimes you get sick and tired of telling people how to fish and you finally just take the fishing rod yourself and you go and fish fish by yourself. That's kind of what happened, which is uh, creating that journey for Black Arrow, which uh, which uh, has its own history to it, um, uh, is where, where the concept of this app was born, which is uh, how do you help a customer truly go through various life cycles, life stages, so to speak, or, and go through the life cycle of various life stages. And right now, what the app's doing is um, helping customers figure out their affordability in either being able to buy their first home or being able to pay down some debt or being able to get some equity to lease their properties and stuff like that, but ultimately, what we truly talk about is how do how does if our our tool, uh, which is a customer's app, the afford IQs, what call it, what we call it uh, for that matter, how do how do we get that to truly help somebody gain financial freedom? That's the underpinning core value of it, because um, Black Arrow's core ethos is we want to put the power of pricing back in customers' hands, and that's a very very tall order to uh, plan and fulfill. Nonetheless, we embarked on the journey. It's a great
0: idea. And so I, I take it the idea is that the app kind of connects with the, the, the customer's bank accounts, and they, they fill in as much information as they have, and then they just kind of – they can use it as a tool. Do they get sort of prompts if if there's things that they should be concerned about? That's uh,
1: but that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So we're leveraging open banking. We're we leveraging property da- data. So somebody wanting to come in and wanting to buy their first home. I mean, recently the government announced uh, – uh, high LTV or uh, uh, or, or high-risk mortgages where uh, the government backs up 5% of any value changes. but That means that uh, people that are renters could now plan to buy a property. But even then, that's easier said than done because most uh, lenders out there do not have criteria to go with that. So it's right. how do you shoehorn a possibility that somebody could actually move their rental journey quicker into buying their home hmm. Uh but then there's a whole bunch of insights and nudges and prods you need to have. And there's no true nurturing play in the platform either, anyway. So we've talked to a lot of intermediaries, and they all talk about having a nurture pro- nurturing program. But there is no tool that helps a customer nurture their own journey, which is, hey, but I, think, I think you're uh, six months away or 12 months away. And he us help you set a goal, and we'll tell you how to keep on track of it each month and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of mm. what motivated that entire journey. And, um and and that basically means that the app helps them not just set a goal but keep on track with that goal and should they choose to actually keep interacting with our tool on an ongoing basis it can help them plan their next step and their next step maybe uh, maybe renovating their home that they bought four and a half years ago or the next step is uh is maybe putting their kids kids through school and therefore they might have to do some different kind of financial planning and stuff like that and do you do you know roughly when when
0: it might receive clearance and you might be able to actually launch the app uh, we're hoping for it to be
1: all ready for an intermediary launch by november this year all we're right. working closely okay. with uh, one, of the, one of the uk's uh, largest leading uh, intermediary f- firms for that for that matter, great now we build- also got some crucial business uh, sorry building society partnerships going as well to make it happen all right okay now, the
0: big story from a scottish perspective is that in june of this year you announced that you were relocating that the entire black arrow business from sydney to glasgow it'd be great if you could tell us the story of how and why this happened
1: it's it's a it's a tricky one to answer because um uh, i've always known australia is probably not the right place to run um an international focus because um it's a completely different planet if not a different time zone to be honest uh it's disconnected far away from everything else where initially even i uh, if you ask the perception a lot of people they'll tell you australia is a great place for them to go visit uh, not necessarily it's a planet onto itself and uh, it has its own its own way of uh doing things so to speak and uh, but 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 how no matter how connected it is it's difficult to kind of run a truly international play from australia and some people have uh, uh, been successful doing it maybe maybe i ca- still haven't caught not that uh, multi-time zone management although i've worked in global markets for a long time but every single time i've traveled to uk and i've specifically come to scotland for that matter since 2013 uh, always uh, coming through to scotland just felt like i was being pushed into a more uh, akin to what my mind space would be kind of environment where yes there's the hustle and bustle of sydney and Yes, you can still have hustle and bustle in Glasgow or Edinburgh or anywhere in the UK. But once you come here, it starts to feel a bit different. So that's the entire piece that started to make us think a bit more around. We need to move our um, headquarters somewhere. And why not to UK was the first question answered. And secondly, why not to Scotland was more the the preference because uh, of how I felt every single time I came to Scotland.
0: This is not just about business because you've you've mentioned the attraction of of Scotland and Glasgow uh, and you and your wife have have relocated to Glasgow. How have you settled it into the Scottish way of life?
1: Uh, We're settling in really well. We planned our um, our complete move in the pandemic time period and uh, luckily we found a shipper who was happy to ship everything without us being physically present in Sydney. That was a challenge challenge to to I'll tell you what. Uh, but my wife has always loved the colder weather in Glasgow, specifically for that matter. Um, in the last six weeks, she's been asking me where's the rain, so which I can't don't have the answer <laughs> for. But uh, but yeah, so we, we all all stops. Uh, we moved to uh, moved move to Glasgow. I believe in the Scottish uh, inventor spirit, which is one thing we've always uh, loved because uh, there's not a single invention which is modern that hasn't had a Scot behind it, and that's that's a quest that builds up brings us to Scotland, which is. Find those inventor people
0: and I believe you you really uh, are enjoying exploring the highlands um, I definitely am it's uh, one thing we'd religiously do whenever we have the opportunity to get out i, I love the idea of, of somebody moving to Scotland because of the weather that's uh, that's something that will bring a rise smile to, to many people, many Scots who often, you know, wish they could be somewhere a bit warmer. Um, it's great to hear. And look, um, you've travelled a lot during your, your business career to date, Gopal. So, I mean, I'm interested in how you would compare Scottish business culture to to Australia and, and maybe other parts of the world too.
1: It's 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 hard to compare. I think the world has become a, a world has shrunk uh, as we know it in, la, in the digital era, right? Um, so pretty much, uh, I think culturally, everything has become closer, uh, albeit it's much easier to speak your mind in Scotland most days. Uh, unless otherwise you say something completely incorrect, of course, in which case you need to back, backtrack, backtrack for that matter. But uh, I've always found um, uh, generally the Scottish ecosystem is uh, there's a lot more collaborative approach, which um, I think is, is missing in the rest of the world. Uh, that that attracted me more as well, apart from just the people uh, and the weather, for that matter. Right. <laughs> so uh, culturally, I think uh, there's definitely an advantage Scotland's got, which I think uh, uh, sometimes I say, say that to, to people here in Scotland, and they think I'm I'm making something up, and I'm like, no, 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 that's, I truly mean it. And uh, sometimes I've even said things like, you need to sing, sing and dance more about yourself in terms of how uh, uh, forthcoming the culture is and how the forthcoming, forthcoming the culture always has been, right? It's, it's ingrained in mm-hmm. Scotland's history, not just about people. Yeah. Great. Well, if, i mean, interested also, if you weren't a
0: fintech entrepreneur, what might you have ended up doing? What's, what's your other sort of – any other big passion in your life? I would either been a photographer or a musician, to that matter, or a oh, combination really? uh-huh. of those two things. <laughs> yeah. So do you have, have time to kind of
1: practice those two interests? Not in the last 10 years, but definitely photography is something I'm starting to get back out. Uh, I mean, when you have the best of, best of landscapes like Scotland does, and especially when it's rainy and misty, you get a completely mm. different, a different feel to it. So apart from photography, when it comes to music, um, I've been inclined to take up take up the guitar again, or maybe get getting back to composing some of the music again, which I used to do almost about 30 years ago. So um, that's something I will always want to explore again again. Um, Hardly in, in in a world where you can travel and be a photographer and also be a musician. That'll be the best of all three worlds combined together, uh, trifecta. Something I, I like to
0: ask everybody I interview. Looking back, what one piece of advice would you give to the young
1: Gopal leaving school? Oh, that's a that's a very tricky one. I used to growing up as a as a as a young adult, I I used to think um, uh, if you if you could run as fast as you can run every single day, you'd you'd get there. But uh, looking back at it, I would probably now say life is a marathon, not a series of sprints.
0: Sound advice, very sound advice. Now we're going to finish with, as we often do, with five quick questions. Are you ready? Yeah, for it. What was the first record you bought?
1: I think my uh, uh, record I bought was probably a John Coltrane. Um, All right, well. Record ages ago. I think that was,
0: uh, that was at Miles Davis, actually. Well, that's a very classy first record to buy compared to, to most people, I must admit. Do you have a signature dish that you like to
1: rustle up in the kitchen? These days, it's actually a homemade wholemeal whole pizza, done right uh-huh. Wow, sounds good. What's your favourite
0: place in Scotland? Uh, unquestionably, Galenco. Ah Is that because of the kind of the misty ambience? Yeah, definitely.
1: What do you miss about Australia? I think uh, I'll become a foodist uh, or, or a foodie, as you can call it, um, because my wife appreciates good food as well. So I think we've missed a good Asian food ever since we've come to Scotland. All right. And finally, who's your hero? Uh, I'm not trying to say this for the sake of saying it. My wife is my hero. She's a she's a rock in my life, and uh, she's always um, come up with uh, a way of looking at life that uh, is not easy at all, but she also makes it happen for me, so she's my hero, undoubtedly. Well, that is a lovely way to finish. Thank
0: you so much, Gopal. It's been really interesting to hear from you. Good luck with the app. We're going to look look. Um, so, good luck with the app. We're going to look forward with great interest to seeing
1: how that develops. And uh, thanks for talking to us. Absolutely, and thank you, Fraser. And, and uh, we are excited to be part of the Scottish Business Network here.
0: What an interesting guy Gopal is, and I'd say that anyone whose first ever record purchase is John Coltrane is definitely always going to be one to watch. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again in two weeks. Do you need a communications expert to help you with your marketing, brand storytelling or strategic content? Find out what I, Fraser Allen, can provide at www.allencoms.co.uk That's Allen with two L's and an E and comms with two M's. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.